0: And hello to you, and welcome to the Richard Nichols Podcast, the personal development podcast series that's here to help inspire, educate and motivate you to be the best you can be. I'm psychotherapist Richard Nichols, and this is episode 157. It's titled Self-Worth and Anxiety. And if you're ready, we'll start the show. Boom! It's a new month again. It keeps coming round, doesn't it? So how are things, folks? First off, I'd like to say thank you to the new subscribers. I've had some um, statistics come through and I've got a load, loads of brand new people. More than I normally see when I get a little influx. And... Um, I think that's because, although podcasts are becoming more popular, there's still a lot of people out there who aren't really aware of them. And fortunately for me, that demographic is more likely to buy a book instead. And it looks like, because of my book coming out a few months ago, 15 Minutes to Happiness, folks, available in all good bookshops, I've picked up a lot of new listeners who wouldn't normally have found me, so hello to you. And also hi to those people who took the time to message me in between episodes, or even just the ones who filled in the uh mini questionnaire on my homepage about how often I'd like episodes to be made. Spoiler alert, um pff, it looks like weekly is the is winning hands down by a by by a huge margin. Everybody's asking for weekly episodes. Which is a shame, really, because oh, there's, there's not really much of a way I can afford to do one of one of these episodes every week. But if I can find a middle ground that makes us both happy, I'll see what I can do, leave it with me. I must admit, I've been quite tempted to make an extra set of episodes just for my face-to-face clients. Uh, for for those of you who don't know, I'm, although I make a podcast, I'm a therapist. I'm a psychotherapist. That's my job. That's what I do. And I was thinking of doing something. Some extra episodes for my face-to-face clients, <laughs> maybe to warrant a price increase, because I keep being told I'm a bit cheap, but I'm not so sure about that. No, no, no. You, know, you can see a very good counsellor for 45, 50 quid a session, I charge 65, but I keep being told I should charge more. But as I'm sure you're aware, sometimes those that need the help the most are probably those that can't afford it, so I'm a bit loathed to charge more, but if I ever do, I'll probably offset it with some extra episodes. Maybe you can allow the public to subscribe to it under a, I don't know, a, a, a very cheap membership members-only site or something like that. Let me know what you think about that Pod fans, actually, because I know a lot of podcasters do use Patreon to give listeners something extra for 10 dollars a month or something. Maybe I could do something like that. Let me know what you think. In the meantime, I want to tell you about a study that was undertaken a few years ago. I read it in an old issue of the journal Emotion, which is produced every month or so by the APA. The APA is the American Psychological Association. And this study was called, are you ready for this, Psychosocial Resources, Threat and the Perception of Distance and Height, a support for the resources and perception model, which is a pretty snazzy title as study titles go. I mean, it's. It's not how to win friends and influence people, but it's, it's giving it a good go at capturing my attention. And it, and it did, because I read it. Anyway, let me tell you a bit about the theory of the resources and perception model. What it suggests is that our psychological resources, our self-esteem, our internal resilience, influences the way we see the world, not just the way that we see ourselves. Other studies have shown that by exposing someone to rejection to being ostracised in a virtual game of catch that is used in psych research a lot. It's called cyberball and mimics the idea that you're playing with real people when in fact it's all run by the app. And you can set it so that hardly anyone seems to want to play the game with the real person. So you can influence their self-esteem for a short while and it works brilliantly. The offshoot, is the offshoot of this game then is that we now that we know we can influence someone's sense of self-worth temporarily... We can use that to see how these levels influence other things. And a lady called Jamie Lynn Gorman, who is a lecturer at Rutgers University in New Jersey, used it in her doctoral dissertation by creating this rejected feeling in people and then showing them animations of people walking in lots of different styles. Some of these animations were unrecognisable even as people. Some were walking in a happy way, some angry, some were acting scared. You know, you get the idea. The point of this was to see what difference being rejected beforehand would make to how easily people can pick up on the emotions. And everyone had to do a little questionnaire that measured their normal sense of self-worth as well as their social support, which we already know is a great buffer for dealing with stress. And this really interested me, because what it found is that if someone's resources were strong in the first place... Being rejected in the cyberball game didn't affect how well they identified the emotions in the actor's walking styles. But if their resources were low, then it did. Showing us that not only does being ignored change our perception of the external world around us that makes it harder to navigate, but also that a good strong support network and healthy levels of self-esteem are really, really helpful in dealing with the crummy things that life throws at us from time to time. But one thing I'll add to it is that it also shows how much of an influence we can have on somebody else by ostracising them. In the cyberball game, these people felt rejected and it, it it influenced the rest of their day. So remember that the next time you walk past a homeless person and you feel too embarrassed to make eye contact. Giving someone a smile or a nod might make a bigger difference than you think. Anyway. The reason for me talking about these ideas is because of the article in the Emotion Journal that quoted some really interesting studies. One of them talked about how our physical resources influence our perception of the world. Things like if we're physically tired, then hills are estimated as steeper and distances seem further away, that sort of thing. And that's worth bearing in mind because... The weekend is only ever five days away from a Monday afternoon. That never changes. But if a few late nights means that two days later it still feels as if Friday is a million miles away, then that's why. Your hangover, your lethargy, your lack of energy is playing tricks on you. But it's not just about distances. Because if it's about things that we might perceive as threatening, like tarantulas in this study then they are perceived as being closer to us, not further away. The thing is, this wouldn't normally be that much of an issue, but by altering our perceptions like this, it can mean that something that is actually quite manageable feels less realistic, and so we miss out on opportunities if we're not careful. We need to know that our brain plays these tricks on us, because it can easily prevent us from applying for jobs, Not just because our self-esteem is low, but because the job description sounds more difficult than it actually is. You can be a pessimist and not apply for a job, but still know that you could have done it had you applied. You can have low self-esteem, but still have a high opinion of your abilities. But the low self-esteem is likely to mean you don't apply, because yes, you could easily do the role, but there's a belief that they wouldn't want you there. And it looks as if there could be other factors at play here that make it feel as if something's going to be harder than it actually is. Because one of the experiments they did in this study was to have people look over a handrail from a great height and to estimate how high up they were by imagining a table tennis ball being dropped and guessing how long it would take to hit the bottom. According to the theory, if someone had good internal resources, then they would estimate the drop as less of a threat And so lower. And when someone's sense of resources was poor, then the drop would be perceived as higher. Now, some were allowed to hold on to the handrail as they looked and others had to have their hands behind their backs. The really interesting thing is that the only time that someone's internal resources correlated with the perception of a lower drop was when they weren't allowed to use the handrail for support. When they held onto the handrail for support, they didn't activate any internal support, and so they guessed the droppers higher. In other words, using an external something or other for support actually holds us back rather than supports us. And I'm going to be a bit geeky here because what it reminded me of was... Um, it was Batman, actually, in the Dark Knight Rises film. If you haven't seen it, Bruce Wayne is stuck in a prison underground that no one can escape from but there's a wall to climb up that leads to a big hole in the ground and the only way he's able to escape is if he doesn't use the safety rope to jump from ledge to ledge. In a less geeky story, it's a bit like learning to backflip. If you you put that into YouTube, you'll see loads of YouTube videos of people learning to backflip and it takes hours and hours of practice. And it's mostly just footage of people landing on their heads onto crash mats. But until they move the crash mat out of the way to give themselves... Um, a firmer surface to push off, or an extra few inches to get their feet back underneath them, they can never land the backflip. The thing that is supposedly supporting and helping them is actually holding them back. And it seems to be that this process exists in lots of different areas of life. So have a think. Does your sense of self-worth prevent you from taking opportunities at all? If it does, then as much as low self-esteem is an issue it could be that your mind is also playing tricks on you and making it even worse. What's fascinating, to me anyway, is that the resources and perception model recognises self-worth as a resource in the same way as a good support network is. In other words, having a low sense of self-worth doesn't have as much of an influence on our stress levels if we have a few good friends or family members that we can rely on in hard times. I mention this because it can take years to build up our self-esteem. If you're 45 and your sense of self-worth has never been anything but rubbish, it's going to be quicker to build up your psychosocial resources by connecting with more friends or making new ones. This is likely to have a decent effect on self-esteem anyway, providing everyone that you you know isn't a, a massive toolbox. The thing is, if someone toolbox, how rude! The thing is, if someone is quite anxious, it's one thing to trust the process and tell yourself that, well, my mind is just playing tricks on me. It's just an ancient prehistoric instinct to keep away from lions and hide in caves. But stretching your comfort zone is going to make you more anxious at first, rather than make you feel happier. And it can be hard to have the positive perspective that makes you feel happier the more anxiety you experience. But to be honest, that should be the case. The more stuff you do that pokes your anxiety, providing it's done with the right attitude of I'm learning how to do this rather than, oh my God, I can't do this. Knowing that you're just learning how to be happier and that it's a bit of a bumpy road as you do so, but that you should be proud of yourself for poking your anxiety will make it easier to connect with people, make more solid friends, boost your self-esteem and make it so that Hills don't seem so steep, spiders don't seem so scary and anything that you once perceived as a brick wall is actually just a hurdle for you to leap over which soon becomes just a stepping stone onto something even better. Now then, that's today's episode done with. If you want to listen to more, you're very welcome. I've been doing this for a while now, so there's lots of previous episodes, even the free ones, let alone the 50 or 60 extra ones that you can pick up for less than a fiver at motivateyourself.co.uk. Shout out to other podcasters too, though. I know it can feel risky listening to anything new. We can listen to something and think, oh, that's 20 minutes of my life I'm never getting back. But we can also find some real gems out there. I'm not the only therapist making podcasts. I can definitely recommend the Savvy Psychologist podcast from Dr Ellen Hendrickson. That's definitely worth looking down the list of her episodes to see if there's anything that takes your fancy. I mention this because a listener of mine, Hello Steve, sent me a screenshot of a review of somebody else's podcast that mentioned me because someone has said that their content was a bit similar to mine and they ought to check before they publish something, which is a bit unfair on them really because there's a phrase I use quite a lot in life. There's nothing new under the sun. Because everything that someone has come up with is just a progression or a variant on something else, whether that's the telephone, the light bulb or cognitive behavioural therapy. But sometimes, even if someone is saying the same sorts of things, it's great to reinforce your knowledge. The more, the merrier. So do have a listen to that podcast series, actually. It's made by the author and lecturer, uh, Dr Linda Papadopoulos, and it's called The Psychology Behind Podcast. It's very new, so there's only about seven episodes, but it looks worth a listen. And I'll let you know if I hear of any other ones. And also, let me know what you're enjoying in the self-help genre, and I'll check them out myself. In the meantime, enjoy the spring. And what on occasion seems to fill out the start of summer and then it chucks it down again. (laughs) But if if the weather lets you, go for a walk, chase a squirrel and act like a small dog. And I'll see you next time, pod fans. Bye for now.